listen and understand that Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. To the knife party where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. Oh, dramatic. Here we go. I just went from six to midnight. I don't know about you. All right. Well, this is not deja vu if you're hearing this. This is my uh, second upload of this movie, and the other ones are taken down because I didn't really think I did a good job. Now that I found my rhythm, we are going to redo this. So if you already heard this episode and you don't want to hear me talking anymore or you just rewatched it or whatever, just, you know, ignore this. Uh, skip to the next one. And I promise from here on out, I probably won't be doing this. And if I do, it's going to be because of uh, quality uh, error. And seeing how I don't do any edits, it's just me at my table with my wine and my my Zoom, and that's about it. And it's not because... It's not because I'm lazy. It's two reasons. A, I am technologically impaired, which is hilarious because we're talking about a movie about technology. And uh, second off, I've always been a fan of live radio. And I like kind of like what you hear is what you get rather than a very polished edit thing. I, I really don't. 
think that you really get what's going on here. It's it's kind of like why I like live albums by bands rather than recorded albums. Now, there is exceptions to the rules. Obviously, October Rust is Type of Negative's best thing. That being said, Origin of the Feces is better than their first album, which is uh, Slow, Deep, and Hard. Even though it's the same songs, I prefer the other one better. And uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, the other one being Origin of the Feces. If you don't know what type of negative are, then you know you should look that shit up. It's 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 good music. Um, I digress. So the Terminator, uh, it was released in 1990. Or sorry, <laughs> see live radio. Here we go. Uh, 1986. Um, in fact, in the beginning it says May twelfth, uh, and uh, in fact. Reese actually holds a gun to a cop in the very beginning and says, like, you know, what's the date? Well, this movie actually kind of takes place in real time in a way. Uh, it only, I, th- I want to say there's only, I, I always concentrate on this, on the date of, or the sunrise, sundown, to kind of try to keep in track of w- what day it is during the movie. Like, is it day one? Is it day two? Is it day three? Uh, this movie only takes place in, I think, th- uh, four nights and three days. Um, so let's get in some facts before we dive into the movie. Uh, a lot of my facts were ripped from a documentary called Other Voices Creating the Terminator. It is very good. It's about an hour long. It's on YouTube. You can find it for free. And it is very informative. It, it talks about a lot of stuff. Now, I've heard uh, I heard contradicting facts from this movie. I also did a deep dive on uh, just the internet in general. And that's why another reason why I wanted to do this is I had some fact checking and some of the stuff I said was wrong. And I mean wrong by I got disinformation or information that was, let's say one source says one thing, one source says another. And the, you know, there's three truths to every story. You know, he said, she said, and then what actually happened. And that's what I'm kind of trying to figure out. Uh, for my Lost Boys episode that I did that I'm probably going to wait a week on to see if, uh, you know, BC, Jonathan Fallen, will actually do it if he can make time in his busy schedule. He's always working on Hoodcast AF, which, by the way, if you're a collector of any action figures, I definitely recommend them, seeing how, like, they're number four, probably going on number three right now of the best collectible action figure podcast, which is awesome. Um, really happy for him. Really, really hope that uh, one day I could even be in that echelon, you know, podium, if you will. Um, who knows? I don't know. Uh, this is, of course, your retro sci-fi horror movie podcast. So yeah, I'm kind of niche, but there's probably about, I don't know. Uh, last time I checked, there's 2.6 million podcasts out there. And a lot of them only do a couple episodes and they and they fall off. I've been doing podcasting for a long time and there's no way I'm going anywhere, especially now that I'm self-sufficient. I don't have to rely on anybody except for myself. And I love horror movies i just do i love sci-fi horror movies uh 70s 80s 90s and then they got kind of shitty when cgi came along and that's kind of like gonna be my cutoff so i might do a modern movie here and there i don't know we'll see um so yeah uh this movie is perfect and here's what i mean uh it's one of my favorite movies it's top three if you don't know me my top three movies of all time are uh, Predator, RoboCop, and Terminator in no particular order. They're all good. They're, no, no, sorry. I scratched that. They're all fantastic. 
uh, all three of those movies. But the reason why I say this movie is perfect is not only does it pass the Zach Evergreen test, it actually got 100% Rotten Tomatoes, which is very, very odd because this movie kind of is a slasher movie. If the Terminator used a knife, this movie probably would have got a lot less, uh, but he doesn't. He you know, uses guns and whatever he can. In fact, the first kill is even just impaling somebody with his fist, uh, which is actually a really cool effect. Um, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, speaking about welding a knife, uh, Jim or James Cameron, however you want to refer to him, because his friends refer to him as Jim. I'm not his friends. I never met the guy. If I do, I'll just shake his hand and go, dude, good job. And you made my childhood. Uh, but he had a fever dream. Um, if you don't know what a fever dream is, it's a night terror. If uh, A lot of males have them. Uh, if you're gender fluid, I'm, I'm, I'm going to apologize to you right now. Uh, a lot of XY chromosome human beings have these. And it usually happens in your teens or early 20s. And it's where you actually wake up. Another word for it is sleep paralysis. But the old school uh, uh, words for it were night terrors or um, fever dreams. Until the DSM four came out, I think that's when they started calling it, um, you know, uh, sleep paralysis. It's basically when you open up your eyes, you cannot move, so you're seeing stuff around your bedroom, but you're dreaming at the same time, and it's usually of really creepy shit. Like I used to have night terrors of a person outside the window, which is funny. It's because it's the window I grew up in, which is uh, just in my other room my purple room where I do my uploads and downloads and research and such. And I used to always see a woman with uh, no eyes and just tons of teeth. And it used to scare the shit out of me. And I remember it being one of the most frightening things that I've ever seen in my life. Um, I think that's why I, I have an aversion to great white sharks is because they have black eyes and a lot of teeth and they just have like that sinister great, like a doll's eyes. Yeah. You know, you're in the water, cage in the water, you're in the cage. Shucks in the water. Oh, fuck. I need to do Jaws, man. It's another great movie. I digress. So uh, James Cameron uh, had a dream that a only a torso with arms and a head, so no hips, no legs, of a skeletal biomechanical creature was after him and there was nothing he could do and it had a butcher knife and it was using or a chef's knife not a butcher knife i apologize a chef's knife if you don't know the difference that means you probably can't cook but let me spell it out to you a butcher knife is the one with the hole on the top to hang it and it's made for chopping through bones and sinew a butcher knife is made for filleting and that is the one that is the, if you're used to Final Fantasy VII, think about Toneberry, or any Final Fantasy, rather. Think about Toneberry. Um, and if you're into horror movies, think about Michael Myers' favorite weapon. That is a chef's knife. Um, you can get one at Target for like 15 bucks, but they suck. If you want a really good one, you're going to spend like two, $300 on those really good Japanese ones. The only problem is you got to sharpen them and upkeep them and, and they're made of iron and it's folded. So you have to constantly oil them and they're a lot of maintenance. Um, anyway, uh, obviously I cook sip of one. Mm. That's good. I would tell you the brand of wine I'm drinking, but I'm not going to cause they're not paying me actually technically they are, but you know what I mean? Don't cancel me, bro. Uh, so yeah, uh, he had a dream and he even drew a picture of it and it's, you could actually find it online. Uh, it's 
you know what? Don't even find it online. Just just look up this documentary if you're really interested, and you could see uh, uh, James Cameron's art. James Cameron is one of the smartest dudes ever. I mean, Elon Musk can kind of take a sidestep to Cameron. I mean, the dude is a fantastic painter, a fantastic artist, a fantastic director. Oh, and did I mention, motherfucker knows how to drive submarines. I mean, Titanic, he invented certain submarines in order to explore the Titanic. Now, I don't know. I know that he's been in them. Did he use them down there? I even know, too, that uh, he had something to do with underwater drones. And uh, the guy's a genius. He's been obsessed with the ocean since the movie The Abyss, which I totally understand because we know more about our solar system than we even do about our ocean floor, which is pretty crazy. Um, Dude's really smart. Dude's really creative. Dude's a great artist. And this has some of the greatest uh, cinematography art that I've ever seen in any movie. We'll get into that. Uh, So that's how the concept of the movie, he had this dream about, uh, you know, this skeletal biomechanical chromineal, is that a word? Uh, Chrome skeleton chasing up his bed and he couldn't move. And um, no matter what he could do, he he couldn't get away. And he drew a picture of it, and that kind of became the basis of this movie. Um, they there was a joke, a running joke on set that the Terminator was actually the deadline for this movie. Um, there was a lot of hiccups, just like any movie, but this one especially. There was a lot of hiccups in the making of this film. Uh, first off, uh, Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger plays the Terminator. Obviously, he's on the box cover art, and he was actually filming Conan the Destroyer, which was the sequel to Conan the Barbarian, and that was a nine-month delay. Now, we'll get into like why he was chosen a little bit later, but this movie was originally scheduled to film in Toronto nine months earlier, and it didn't. It uh, filmed in L.A., And while that was happening, because when they signed Arnold, they had to wait for him to get cleared for the filming because Dino De Morentes, I always fuck up the pronunciation of that name. uh, So apologize to if he's listening and if he's listening, please, you know, hey, man, send a brother some some love. Uh, I doubt he is. Actually, no, no, no. I just got a call. He's going to be on the show next week. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for that producer. And I'm pointing at no one. It's Elijah. You know, you set a table for Elijah during Passover. Yeah, he's he's my phone screener guy. Uh, <laughs> that's so stupid. Um, so yeah, it got it got delayed quite a bit, and uh, also too, it was even though in the movie they make it look very very cold, it was actually a very very hot May in L.A. Uh, so that's it's kind of funny because there's certain scenes where they try to make it look cold. And they do a very good job of it, but it was apparently scorching hot uh, in L.A., which it normally is in California, especially now. You have no idea. If you don't live here, it's it's not like walk around in bikini and, and you know, go to Muscle Beach or anything like that. It's When it gets hot here, it gets really hot. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jim wanted a female protagonist. His favorite movie was Alien, the 1978 Ridley Scott Alien starring Sigourney Weaver, who was, by the way, a last pick because the captain was actually supposed to be the um, 
the protagonist in that movie until uh, um, Ridley Scott met Sigourney Weaver and said, okay, script change, here we go. Because, uh, yeah, they, they basically switched roles. And same kind of with this, well, not same kind of, but from the beginning, James Cameron knew he wanted a female protag- uh, protagonist. And the reason why Limel Hampton was chosen is because she was unknown. She was cheap. Okay, you know what I mean. I'm not saying she was cheap. I'm saying she was economically uh, feasible. And also, too, because she had a girl-next-door vibe. But she was kind of hot-headed. You know, forgive me for saying. She was bitchy. And uh, 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 he wanted that. He wanted innocence that could flip in a second. And we do see this in the movie a couple of times, but apparently on set she was not that much, I'm not going to say not that much fun to hang out with, but, you know, when she was crawling around at the end of the movie and, and, and getting dirty and all that stuff, she, she apparently was kind of a chore to be around. Now, I wasn't there, and she's not here to defend herself. Oh, wait, Eli? Is she going to be on next week? Shit, that means I have to re-record this again. Cancel it. Yeah, Lim- Hamilton will not be. How about Terminator 2? When are we doing that? All right, we'll get her for that day. Cool. Awesome. All right, so, uh, yeah, she was, uh, when doing certain stunts and stuff, she she was uh, not that pleasant to be around. Arnold was. Arnold Schwarzenegger was constantly cracking jokes, uh, you know, having a good time, and boosting the morale because, as I said, the deadline was the Terminator and everyone was freaked out. Well, Arnold actually did most of his stuff later on. Uh, the movie was being filmed without him, like big time. Uh, I, I think it was like six weeks of filming was done before, uh, before even set on stage. Now, the funny thing about that is we're going to review a movie coming up pretty soon called House. Not The House, House. And that movie was filmed in like a month. Uh, but uh, six weeks for a major, major film is uh, pretty impressive. This film was Orion. That's the production company. If you don't know Orion, think about RoboCop because that's coming up soon. Uh, yeah, so Lionel Hampton was the female protagonist. And the reason why is because James Cameron knew it would be a flip. It would it would be a, a, a switch, a, a, a plot. Just, whoa, this is happening because Kyle Reese is the one who you think is going to be the hero. And, I mean, he is. I mean, he does, spoiler alert, die. But, I mean, he is the hero. And kind of, it's kind of like as a team, they are one. And they are they are together, the protagonist. But she's the one that actually makes it alive and makes it to the second movie. Unless you see the Terminator 2 extended cut where he actually spends a lot of time in that movie. Well, he gets a lot of screen time, let's put it this way. In fact, he gets almost as much screen time as Arnold does. I'll go into that in a minute. Um, The last episode, I said OJ was to play the Terminator. Now, that is half right, but more false. Truth of the matter is uh, there is... When... In the whole police precinct scene, there is a uh, uh, the detective who gets cut off a lot in dialogue when he tries to talk about PCP, and he talks about you know there was this one guy see the scar, etc. Uh, that gentleman's name is Lance Hendrickson. Uh, you might know him from the show Millennium uh, if you've never seen that. Uh, think about Bishop from 
aliens. This didn't even dawn upon me the last time I did this podcast. There is three people in this movie who are on aliens. Actually, four. James Cameron directed. You have Bill Paxton, who's a fucking awesome, underrated, just artist, not even actor, because he also directed and produced a lot of movies, and not too many. I'm going to say like two or three, as is Michael Bean. Uh, no, no relation to Sean Bean. They're both awesome. They both die in every movie. Michael Bean is a superior actor, also a producer and filmmaker, which is pretty cool. And then finally, you have um, uh, Lance Henderson, which is, he was in this, and he was in Aliens, and he was in a few other movies. None really right now worth mentioning because this podcast is all about horror, retro, and sci-fi. So, uh, or rather, retro, sci-fi, horror. Because I don't really think I'm going to be doing any movies besides that, with the exception of like I have a guest book for Shawshank. I love that movie. I know it's not horror or retro. Well, there's some horrifying scenes in it. The sisters, if you know what I mean. Okay, more facts. So uh, Lance Henderson was supposed to, or Hendrickson. I apologize. Was actually supposed to be the Terminator. If you actually look up concept art. You will see him, and it looks terrific. The idea for him is that he's a skinny, middle-aged, wafery white guy. No one would suspect he would be this killer, and he looked the part. In fact, when he auditioned, he was auditioning for that part. He shows up in full-on makeup, and he freaks out everybody at the the movie studio, and then... uh, James Cameron comes and goes, hey, what's up, Lance, dude? What's going on? And then everyone's like, oh. So I really, because he was like the Terminator even during his audition where he walked in and sat down and didn't acknowledge everybody and just kind of moved his head around. like. And, you know, sucks for him that he didn't get it. Um, you know, his career worked out, obviously. Um, by the way, look him up, man. He looks old as shit. Like, the years have not been kind to that guy at all. Uh, I don't know how old he is. I mean, he was old when he was in this movie. I think he was in his 40s. I don't know exactly how old he is, but dude, the guy looks like... I'm surprised they just talked about Kevin Conroy dying and not him. Um, yeah, that it's just, it's just so weird, dude. Life is fucking weird how, you know, we don't... I always say it's like Final Fantasy. We have the doom clock above us and it's counting down. We just don't know when our number is going to end. Wow, that was grim. Thanks, Zach. Asshole. You know what? Maybe you should uh, take a sip of wine and read your notes for a second. I will do that. Uh, let's see. But OJ, OJ Simpson was going to play it because Lance looks so um, like he could just blend in a crowd, right? But then they're like, okay, we don't have a big name in this movie. And this movie didn't have a huge budget. I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but OJ, they thought, would be some great star power. And then Arnold auditioned for Kyle Reese. So this was kind of the thing. You would uh, have Lance, who's an unassuming little guy, kind of, or not little, I mean, by any means, but like skinny guy, kind of like in Terminator 2, where the T-1000 was way smaller, but they made it super convincing. That was kind of the idea for this. And in fact... I didn't even mention this last time we did. See, I'm so glad I'm redoing this episode. Um, the original idea 
for the Terminator was not even supposed to be exoskeleton. It was supposed to be a liquid metal, uh, or, or not liquid metal per se, but the Terminator was supposed to be able to change his appearance at will or by touch or something of that nature. Uh, and, and it just, it wasn't, it, it just wasn't possible at the time. There was no CGI, thank God. And there, I, if you can't have been told by now, I hate CGI. CGI is like the worst thing to happen to cinema. It really is. It's terrible. With the exception of Jurassic Park. I mean, it, it holds up in Jurassic Park, but there's reasons why. Um, so yeah, uh, OJ was a star name, and they were thinking about throwing him in. They still had Lance. And but Arnold was like, you know, I would love to be in this movie. It looks really good, and it doesn't have very many speaking lines. Uh, that one of the reasons why he wasn't uh, um, Kyle Reese is because of that. His English still was pretty broken. Couldn't really understand a lot of what he said, um, even though he he was learning. If you ever watch, what was it? Oh, well, man, what was it? Uh, Pumping Iron. But also, Hercules Comes to America. I don't know if anyone's seen that movie besides me. But it was so bad, they had to overdub the whole movie because his English was that bad. There's a great scene where he's flying uh, next to an airplane and he waves. Uh, very much like Superman, but not as cool. Oh, we got to talk about the Superman curse someday. Uh, then anyway, Arnold finishes filming. And Michael Bean, they already got him to play Kyle Reese. Now, here's why they got him. He's super serious. He's super nutty. He, what I mean by nutty is like he's always, you know, he's always up. He's always like, uh, you know, eyes focused and everything else like that. I, I had, head on a swivel, if you will. Um, when he handles firearms, he looks like he knows what he's doing. He's very convincing. And then later on in uh, the end of Act 2, he becomes super sensitive and can pull that shit off. Now, I'm not going to say he's a method actor, but he might as well be because that guy, when he takes on a role, really nails it. If you don't believe me or if you think maybe he's a one-trick pony, go watch The Abyss. Again, James Cameron, because James Cameron, loved, when he get, finds actors he loves, he keeps them. Uh, Coffee is such a different character than Reese. And again, if you don't believe me, look at the uh, uh, protagonist of, um, well, besides Sigourney Weaver in Aliens, when he plays Hicks. Totally different character, right? You know, Hicks is kind of more laid back, um, but knows what he needs to do. Um, and Coffee is just an insane, crazed guy ab uh, about launching a nuke at aliens underneath the ocean. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Uh, and, and Kyle Reese is not this. Kyle Reese is a think on your feet, get no sleep, look out the window, 24 hours a day, keep century warrior, uh, if you will, or soldier. Soldier is a better word than warrior. And uh, he, they cast him. Now, James Cameron said, okay, I got to fire Arnold because he's already kind of been booked for this and, and this, this whole fucking thing with Conan the Destroyer, it's just taking way too long. So he calls him up and says, like, we need a meeting. He goes in there and James Cameron even said, I wanted to pick a fight with Arnold, meaning I want to piss him off to the point where he, we can get out of this contract without legal ramifications. And Arnold actually gets a kick out of it. He goes, you have a lot of uh, spunk in you, a lot of fire. I don't know, my Arnold's shit right now. And uh, then the agent proposes, well, it's career suicide in a way to 
be the heavy, to be the bad guy. But if he's going to be on the cover of the film, and the film is named after him, this is exactly what you need to catapult your career. And we got, you know, cinema gold from it. Uh, let's see. Again, uh, da, 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 is it looking through notes? I already talked about that. Was it time? Oh yeah, Stan Winston. Okay, so Stan Winston was the uh, the guy that who did all the practical effects. So when Arnold gets hit by the truck, uh, when um, Arnold cuts out his eyeball, when Arnold used articulating pliers on his arm, that was all done by Stan Winston, and it was brilliant. There was also some stuff done with some miniatures, but very, very rarely. That's mainly on the HKs. HKs, Hunter Killers. Uh, they He did all those and all, all the uh, ba- the future battle effects, which look really good. You could, you could obviously tell that they're small miniatures, but they, they still, to this day, look very good the way it's filmed and shot. Um, but also, they had a few different Terminators, uh, T-800s, if you really want to nerd out, uh, at the end of the movie, which, uh, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll get into that in a second, too. Um, the Terminators. So, if you actually watch this movie, um, Arnold's not really in it, like, at all. If you watch the movie, Arnold's got, like, less than a dozen lines. Uh, he's got a line in the beginning. He's got a line at the gun store. He's got a line when he goes to the police precinct. This is just off the top of my head. Uh, he's got a line uh, when he calls the Tiki Motel. In fact, someone actually said he only has six lines of dialogue, which I believe because there's not a back and forth with Arnold. It's not like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Okay, well, da-da-da. It's always he has the last word. Like, you know, hey, buddy, you got a dead cat in there? Fuck you, asshole. Or your clothes, give them to me now. He's got six lines. I'm going to say less than a dozen, though, because I think it's more than six on the director's cut, and that's what I watched, but I, I could be wrong. So we'll just say under a dozen, because I, I like a dozen, because it's divisible by three, and three is the best number ever. Um, so Orion signed on when they actually read the script, <clears throat> and when they asked, like, what is the movie about? Like, what, what does it feel like? And James Cameron said it's tech noir, meaning... Noir, like a like a noir film, like you know, the dame walked into my detective office and I knew right away that I had a job. Uh, those old kind of timey, really dark films um, that were in you know the late fifties, early sixties, all that stuff, and then they've been parodied to death. I mean, look at just think L.A. Confidential. You know, that's a great fucking movie, by the way. I need to stop saying that. I really need to stop kissing other you know movies' butts while I'm reviewing a movie. It, it it's probably bad form. I don't know. Are you enjoying it? If you are, then cool. I mean, it, and then tech as in technology. So the main scene in this movie, the end of act one, happens exactly at 29 minutes, by the way, uh, is at the bar, the tech noir. We're going to talk a lot about that scene. I don't have any clips from it. Uh, it's kind of pointless, though, because there's a lot of background noise in it, but we we will actually talk about that. Um, Orion signed on when they saw the script and, and they were convinced, but remember that nine-month delay I was telling you about? Well, James Cameron was baroque. He was couch surfing. He put every dollar he had on, in, 
into this film. He, uh, I think it was two mortgages put out on his mom's house or his parents' house rather. And his uh, mother actually acquired a book of coupons. Now, for those Gen Zers, back in the day, we used to have actual physical coupons and not like some QR code. And she got a book of them. And it was buy one, get one free Big Macs. And if I'm not mistaken, it was like $1.49 for two. James Cameron lived off these. His car got repoed because he couldn't afford it. And he was sleeping, get this, on the cast's couch. So he'd be on, uh, you know, he'd be on the producer's couch one day. He'd be on one of the actors' couch one day. And he would just couch surf. And, and they were like, there's no way this movie's going to get made in time. And if it is, it's going to be, you know, not your vision. And he's like, fuck that. I'm putting every dollar. I'm going to extend the filming till it, 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 it is my way. So he lived off Big Macs. Now, don't get me wrong. I like a Big Mac. I don't like McDonald's, but I'll even eat a Big Mac once in a while. It's nostalgic. You know, they even called it back in the 80s a Big Mac attack. And if you're hungover and or going to be hungover, if you're drunk, uh, Big Mac soak that shit up. That's why there's that extra layer of bun in the middle. At least that's my theory. My theories are rarely wrong. That's why I took down the other two episodes. Because my theories were they sucked and I could do better. Uh, so, yeah. Um, flat broke. Car repoed. Couch surfing. And uh, there, was, <laughs> there was a nine-month delay and living out Big Mac. So, there you go. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, yes. Arnold did all of his own stunts in this movie. All. All. Uh, when you see him running and it's that low shot from like a 45 degree angle up and you see him just booking his ass off and he jumps on the car, uh, he had to do that like eight or nine times to get the shot right. And each time he did that physical leap on the car and uh, when you see him punching through the windshield... He actually did make contact to the windshield, but there was a piston attached inside his jacket, and that piston would go poop and fire. So I don't know how many windshields they ruined. Um, I think it was like something like six or so. I've heard different things online, so I'm just throwing out the number. That's divisible by three uh, to kind of give you a awareness of that. And also, too, when Reese pulls the Oldsmobile, like gives it a 90-degree angle turn, and you see him fly off. That was also Arnold. He did all of his own stunts. Fun fact, he did almost all of his own stunts in Terminator 2 as well. The only uh, one he didn't is the when he jumps off uh, the aqueduct and he lands. Clearly, it's not Arnold, but Arnold loved doing his all of his own stunts, which is pretty cool. I mean, you know, it's uh, he was a tough guy, and, you know, he's, he's a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. So, you know, <laughs> predator. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, it's cool. It's cool to know that he actually did care about his art and physicality enough to go, you know, I'm I'm actually going to do this instead of just go get stand in number two. By the way, it probably was pretty hard to find a six foot three, shredded two hundred twenty pound dude. So, uh, but anyway, so Arnold did his own stunts. Uh, let's see. Did, did I did I mention all my notes? Oh. This is a big one. <sighs> Tech Noir, the bar scene, is the only scene where Michael, or yeah, Michael Bean, I almost said Sean Bean, and Arnold actually work together. Because of Arnold's delay, um, if you actually watch this movie, Arnold is very much like Jaws 
he's barely in the movie. We already mentioned how many times he has lines, but he's almost not in the movie whatsoever. Think about it. He's in one of the opening scenes. He's in the gun store scene. He's in the find the phone book scene. He's in the Sierra Connor kill scene. And then after that, he's kind of disappears for a minute. Um, he, he has less screen time than shoot. The detectives almost more have screen time with them and they're only in act two and they die pretty quickly. I think they're only in the movie for like 15 minutes tops. Arnold's only in this movie for like 15 minutes tops. I don't, I don't think he's in it longer than that. All of act three, when you see Arnold, he is not Arnold. He's, he's the Terminator. He's the exoskeleton. You, you don't even see him. And, Michael Bean said one of his greatest regrets on on is not even getting to work with Arnold, which sucks, but it is what it is. Um, and uh, uh, the way that is shot is really I, I I'm just gonna have to get into this movie. Um, we're just we're just gonna have to get into this movie. Uh, the exoskeleton, real quick, was they had a few of them. They had a miniature. They had a full size. They had a only bottom, uh, or sorry, only top. And then they had one to explode, which was a full size, and it was made out of some kind of fiberglass that they spray painted for safety issues because um, they were actually going to explode the big one. They go, you know what? This might not be the safest thing. And in the 80s, that being said, is pretty ridiculous seeing how no one even wore motorcycle helmets. All right, let's get into the movie, The Terminator. I'm not going to play the music again unless you want me to. Okay, fine, I won't do it. So uh, this movie takes place in Los Angeles in the mid-'80s, um, and uh, you get a garbage truck man, and he's operating his machine in the early mornings, and all of a sudden there's electric, uh, electronical disturbance, right? And uh, we see him run away, and we see Arnold peek up. Now, I want you to think about this. Did you notice that Arnold's hair's longer? and he has eyebrows. Guess why? This is filmed at last. And then you see Arnold looking at the city, and he's buck-ass naked, and he's got those killer fucking glutes going, and goddamn, do I look at that and go, dude, I would kill for that body. Not like to have sex with him. I'm just saying if I was able to put my brain in that body, that would be totally awesome. Um, and then uh, he sees some punkers, uh, and the leader is Bill Paxton, and obviously he needs to blend in, so he can't have his Arnold schlong hanging out. So uh, yeah, he has to uh, get some clothing. And I think if I press this button, hey, my turn. Hey, what's wrong with this picture? Nice night for a walk, eh? <laughs> nice night for a walk. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? <laughs> Nothing clean, right? Hey, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. You're close. Give them to me, now. Fuck you, asshole!
All right, I'm back. Um, the music in this movie is fantastic, too. Speaking of Jaws, I think they kind of wanted a, uh, a theme like that, like Impending Doom, or maybe it's your heartbeat. Um, I don't know, but it's because uh, it sounds like a mechanical heartbeat, which is really cool. Um, a lot of horror movies in this, if you want to call this a horror movie, a lot of people say it's sci-fi. Um, I think it's more of a horror movie. I think number two is definitely a sci-fi movie. I'm not even going to acknowledge any of the other ones. They're all f- fucking garbage. Um, but uh, this one, I would say, is a slasher film. Just like I said, if if you would replace guns with knives, this, this would basically be a horror movie. Um, and it probably would get a lower rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I think one of the reasons why it makes sense is because guns are an easier way to kill people. Um, guns don't kill people. The Terminator does. So I, I think that's, that's one of the reason why it gets the, you know, plus it's got a very sci-fi element to it. That being said, it isn't, it, it is very much more horror than sci-fi. I would give it a 60, 40 on this one. Uh, so he steals, uh, some of the punkers clothes and now he is all equipped to blend in, even though he doesn't cause like, as I said, he's a six foot three Austrian dude. Who's jacked as shit. Um, God knows if those clothes wouldn't even fit. Uh, And number two, he actually uses his vision to kind of like correct his size. Uh, Doesn't do it on this, but, uh, you know, we haven't even seen the Terminator vision yet. By the way, which was one of the most expensive things um, filming it. They had to actually make a special camera for it. And it wasn't a filter. And remember, there was no... uh, You know, they, they couldn't really go on a computer and do it. So all that shit was done in reels like in slides, which is really, really cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway. Oh shit, I have more notes here. I didn't even get to them. I'm gonna have to get them later. Okay, so uh, he's got clothes, he's all good. Now, Kyle Reese appears, who is our, uh, our protagonist. He's the person sent back in time to save Sarah Connor. And uh, when you see the scene where he appears, he falls from... Uh, when they the making of this movie, five foot scaffolding, and now it's not Michael Bean as his stunt double, but he lands splat on the ground from five feet. Definitely wouldn't do that today. And here I'm go, and I'm pretty sure that that was. Uh oh, I'm getting a phone call. Hi, David Benson. You're on the air on the knife party where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. Hi, what's your favorite Terminator uh, line? Ooh, that's a tough one. Just give me one. Original Terminator or Terminator 2? The good one, meaning the original? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, haven't, I, got, I got nothing. I, I really wish I would have hooked up because I just got some uh, new technology to hook up my phone. It probably would have been great in retrospect to actually hook that up. I'll let you go. All right. Well, you have a good one. All right, David Benson, everybody. I have a feeling he's going to call in and interrupt more episodes because it seems like he always gets a little tipsy and calls me exactly when I'm doing a scene. Where the hell was I? Yes, Kyle Reese. Uh, So this stunt double fell from five feet, and he makes an awful noise. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was real. And then, um, of course, he needs to get some clothes because he's naked as well. And uh, he finds a bum and... This is going to be the weirdest thing I'm ever going to say on this show. He steals Zuba pants from a bum. Zuba pants. If you don't remember Zuba pants, Google that shit. 
because I used to own a pair. I'm not even ashamed of it. I also had a fanny pack and a slap bracelet. All right? That was the times. It existed. There you go. And then, uh, you know, police see the disturbance and they, they you know, try to get him. Uh, he manages to overpower a police officer and steals his gun. And he asks him, what's the date? And he goes, you know, May 12th. And he goes, what year? And he goes, what? And then so, uh, uh, you know, then uh, he rabbits. They even say the word, he's rabbiting, he's rabbiting, which I guess is police code for the fuckers running. And uh, he breaks into a department store. Now, uh, I don't know what department store this is because this was filmed in the Skid Row ghettos of L.A., but he goes straight to the trench coat aisle, which is actually probably a pretty good idea, and he picks up a trench coat, and he gets some shoes. Now, this is the endorsement of the movie, and this is like one of the greatest endorsements ever. He, he grabs some shoes and just put them to his feet, and then you see cops walk by while he's in a dressing room, and you see his left foot come down, and you see the Nike swoosh. And then he like finishes doing the little Velcro strap and it's like, yeah, happening Nikes, baby. And maybe that's why he runs faster. Remember when you're a kid and you got new like Nikes and you thought you could jump higher and run faster? I think that's kind of like the consensus of this movie. If you get some happening Nikes, you you know, you could battle the Terminator, at least run faster and jump higher. Um, then uh, he evades police. He gets out of a, 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 a fire escape. And then we cut to Sarah Connor riding her Vespa. So that means that she's already annoying. Yeah. Um, she works at a place called Big Buns, which uh, I watched this with my dad. And, uh, you know, as, as one does when you're watching a movie with somebody, you kind of want to have their perspective. And uh, he goes, you know what? That's Colonial Corral. So Colonial Corral was a restaurant that was kind of like Denny's or Palby's. Or you know one or lions, and it was kind of like a or right now there's there's Black Bear Diner, but it basically was that. It, it, it's a it, it's a breakfast place. They serve breakfast all day. Uh, all these girls wear these cute little pink things with these white pink dresses with these white little uh, I, I don't know what they're called. They go over the neck and they're round. And um, just think the Wendy's girl, you know that 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 outfit but pink and white. And someone or orders the burly beef. She fucks up the order. A kid puts ice cream in her pocket. And the guy goes, I should give you the tip, kid. And then uh, Ginger, her roommate, her being Sarah Connor, pronouns pal, says, uh, think about this. In 100 years, no one's going to care. This is a funny line because, think about it. This is a movie about the end times. And in 100 years, who's going to care about that ice cream? Um and then uh, uh, what happens next? Oh, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, she's there and she's working and, uh, and all that good stuff. Now, Kyle Reese and the Terminator are in a race to find Sarah Connor. So they both go to a phone book at different times, right? Kyle Reese gets one first and then uh, the Terminator gets one uh, later on. Uh, he actually, it's its really funny. He, he drives up and you see this big dude that looks like Captain Lou Albano. And he's talking about how his bike broke down to his girlfriend. And the guy is a big dude. And I think they have him to establish how big Arnold is. Because when Arnold walks in, he just grabs him and tosses him. And the dude doesn't even do anything. He goes, you got a real attitude problem, man. And there's only three Sarah Connors in the phone book. There's Sarah Connor, spelled with an H. Sarah Connor, spelled with an H, but Sarah Ann Connor, and then the uh, Sarah J. Connor. And 
I don't know if the J is kind of like the hint, like Sarah John Connor. We haven't talked about John Connor yet, but we will. Um, it, you all fucking know who John Connor is. Let's not. I mean, let's let's not be stupid here. Um, so then, oh shit! What this is all from memory, by the way. I'm I'm kind of trying to like tell this story as if it was a Dungeons and Dragons episode off the top of my head. Take you guys on a little journey. Close your eyes and think about what I say. So, the Terminator uh, is has his information, as does Kyle Reese. Now, the Terminator then goes to a gun store, and uh, it, it's it, there's a really funny scene coming up where he's he's driving a station wagon. First off, which is is beyond hilarious. I would love to see Arnold Schwarzenegger in full on punk <laughs> punker gear with like chains and shit and like fingerless gloves with spikes on them and he's driving a goddamn station wagon and and he, and he goes to a gun store uh the actor in the gun store his name escapes me uh he's only in a few movies but he's kind of a character actor and uh arnold puts in his gun order uh what i mean by gun order he's at the counter and he's just buying like or asking to look at everything and he wants a uh he you know he asks for a shotgun and a 12 gauge auto loader and the guy goes, that's Italian. We just got that in. Well, uh, obviously, that's an Athaka, if you speak Italian. And then he uh, he goes, uh, uh, 45 auto slide with laser sighting. And he goes, we just got those in. Put your uh, finger on the trigger and he, the bullet will go where the dot goes. And he goes, a plasma rifle in a 40-watt range. And he goes, just what you see, pal. Here's why I think this is hilarious is because – the dude actually kind of acknowledges that thing might exist. He's like, "What? just what you see, dude. Um, but it's also funny that you would think the Terminator would know when that rifle was made or that weapon was made. So that that's kind of funny. And then the best line ever, and it's not the best line ever, but just the way he pronounces it. He goes, the Uzi 9mm. And he goes, you know your weapons, buddy. So uh, these are all great for home defense. Which one will you take? And he goes, all. And he goes, oh, cool. I'm closing early today. And then Arnold starts loading the shotgun. He goes, hey, man, you can't do that. And he goes, wrong. I forgot to mention, speaking of shotgun, going back a little bit, it's just rewind, uh, Kyle Reese um, gets that pistol from the cop, which you, by the way, don't see till the end of the movie. I, I just realized this. But uh, he actually goes to the police squad car, and he actually buys a, uh, or buys, he actually acquires a shotgun and then saws it off, puts it under said trench coat, and uh, that's the scene right before the big bun scene with the Vespa that makes her annoying. Um, just I, I fucking hate Vespas. I hate motorcycles, too. If you're in California and you ride between the lanes, you can go fuck yourself right now. Just don't listen to this podcast. I hate you. I hate you, especially if you pull out the bafflers of your vehicle. Screw that. I, I don't I don't want to get scared to death when I'm driving home from work, especially with daylight savings end. And it's like six o'clock and it's nighttime. And you're it's really fucking annoying. Knock that shit off, dude. Buy a Toyota like the rest of us, all right? If you're going to ride a motorcycle, you know what? In fact, get a Vespa. I want you to look hard as shit with a Vespa. If you if you are rocking a Vespa and 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 you're like, you know, all beefy and and like totally greaser and shit, I won't fuck with you. I'll give you respect. You don't have to have it a penis showing contest with your goddamn Harley with the bafflers removed, all right? With no chrome. I know it feels good on your prostate. I do not want to hear it. I'm done, all right? I'm done. <sighs> Back to the movie. 
So um, now a Terminator tracks down, Sarah, well, you know, they got the phone books, so he, they got the addresses and all that shit. Uh, Terminator goes to our first uh, Sarah Connor, who's 35, mother of four, if memory serves. And even though she looks like she's like 58, and uh, says Sarah Connor after knocking. Oh, and by the way, fun fact, he always knocks like this. Yeah, it, yeah, watch that shit. It happens. And uh, uh, says her name. She answers yes. He breaks open the door because she only has the door locked with a goddamn chain lock. Now, I want you people to know this. Front doors open inward. Do you know how easy it is to break a chain lock? Arnold makes this look like Swiss cheese. It is super easy to do that. I could do this really easily. Chain locks are pointless. All they do is make you seem like a, uh, a reclusive piece of shit. Don't get a chain lock. Get a fucking deadbolt. Or just leave your door open. I mean, honestly. The fuck? It's just... Uh. Sorry, I dropped something there. Um, he goes in, he murders her, he shoots her in the head, and then shoots her four times for good measure in the chest or torso area or wherever. We don't see it. Here's something that throws me about this movie. In Terminator 2, uh, the T-1000 never blinks his eyes, even when he's running and shooting. But yet Arnold does. And I kind of hate that because he shouldn't be surprised at using a weapon. And Arnold has been using guns ever since this movie. In fact, um, you could actually, he was actually upset about this when he was running for governor of California. But uh, almost in every movie after this, he has a gun in his hand. But before this, he's never used one. So I think he didn't have very good weapons training. I could be wrong. Just the the fact that he holds the gun with one hand, it makes sense because it's the Terminator and he should be able to like handle the kick. But the fact that he closes his eyes really doesn't make any sense to me. Um, that being said, oh, there, we're going to talk about his eyes a lot. There's a couple of uh, uh, film flaws with his eyes. That's why I don't give this in my book 100, to, uh, 100% like Rotten Tomatoes did. I'd give this like 99.7 because this is one of the reasons why. So then uh, Ginger finds out about this murder because they say Sarah Ann Connor, Murdy, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, uh, or sorry, Sarah Connor, not Sarah Ann. She doesn't die yet. And uh, uh, Ginger's like, you're dead, honey. And, uh, you know, because she goes, it's about you. Well, it's not you, but it's about you, but it's not. And they're at work and, you know, she sees this and it's all, it's all creepy. Sarah goes home to their apartment where uh, Sarah takes care of her iguana Pugsley Again, to some people, this can make her more annoying. I kind of already hate her. Her hair sucks. Ginger's way cooler, I think. And uh, uh, Ginger's got this boyfriend who calls in and starts flirting with Sarah, talking about, first I'm going to rip the buttons off of your blouse one by one. Then I'm going to take your panties off my teeth and then kiss my way down. And then she calls him creep. And then the guy's like, oh, sir, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 blah. Even though you know he was trying to make something happen. And then he repeats his spiel to Ginger, and it's actually a very humorous moment. Very kind of subtle, funny moment in this movie. Um, and then Sarah's supposed to go out on a date, but she gets stood up. And uh, so she's going to go see a movie by herself, or some kind of date. And then she's going to go see a movie by herself. And uh, Ginger hangs out with her boyfriend, and they're going to bone like there's no tomorrow. And there's a scene where they're in the mirror looking at each other. And if you were to take a, a snapshot of the scene, you'd go like, that is exactly 80s style, 100%. I don't even know how people 
like had sex because it is the ugliest style ever. I mean, teased hair, oversized shirts, shoulder pads, pink and white tie dyes, uh, bangs. Like, and I don't mean hot bangs. I mean, I'm not talking like Uma Thurman. I'm talking about bangs if you were to piss in a light socket, just like crazy hair, not even fun. So Sarah leaves. Sarah leaves and uh, she sees her movie and she's feel like she's being followed, right? And we see Carl Weiss kind of like tailing her, you know, whatnot. And uh, she just is like, okay, this is getting weird. I need to escape. You know, I need to find a safe place. So she goes to Tech Noir. Now, Tech Noir is the bar I've been mentioning and with the greatest scene ever in, in, in this type of movie, I would say. In fact, in film school, fun fact, they actually, well, I don't know every film school, but I know there was a film school in L.A., in LA uh, where they would show this as one of the greatest establishment shots. Here's what I mean. Uh, you have shit I'm getting ahead of myself so she gets in and she goes do you have a phone I need to use the phone right and uh, uh, the people are you know the girl the thing is like hey it's like you know 450 or whatnot. so she pays and she gets her quarters and she goes to the back and uh, she calls in to the police and is like hey I think someone's following me and uh, the detective um, African American gentleman with the awesome purple tie who says the word comfortable um, instead of comfortable, comfortable, comfort, comfortable, Con- comfortable, comfortable. That couch is very comfortable. Uh, she's like, he's like, hey, we've been looking for you. Uh, there's a guy out there, and he's basically the phone book killer. He's good, just going down the line, just murdering everybody named Sarah Connor. Uh, you're in a public place. Stay there. I'm gonna send a car out in a minute. Stay in public site. Don't even use the restroom. We'll be there in a hot minute. She goes, okay, cool. And uh, she sits down, and now the Terminator walks in, and a dude, the security guard, see, you know, he goes, she goes, hey, he didn't pay. And the security guard, you know, tries to grab Arnold, and he breaks his hand and, and just takes him down. And the funny thing is he's wearing the same shirt that Nigel is in Spinal Tap, which is beyond hilarious. And then, uh, anyway, uh, Terminator walks in, uh, and there's a scene where he's about to see Sarah, but she drops her Pellegrino water. Is she sitting at like a table by herself? This like stainless steel, great table. It looks like it's made of a shopping cart. And uh, as she drops it, it goes slow motion. And they just barely, barely miss eye contact. So then uh, Sarah has this weird look on her face like, whoa, you know, something's amiss. And as the Terminator walks away, she makes eye contact with Carl Reese. And Carl Reese has been burning his eyes into her. And then uh, she, you know, then the Terminator does an about face. He turns 180 degrees, notices Sarah, and pulls out that, that 45 and points it at her. And it's dead center in her head. And when he's about to, you know, shoot, Carl Reese intervenes. And there's a firefight. And it's really fun. It's a really cool shootout scene, and it really does make the movie. And it's their first real action scene of this movie. Before that, we've just had horror movie killings, you know. And uh, they're back and forth, back and forth. 
And then Reese gets the, uh, uh, you know, Arnold pulls out his Uzi and 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 the, the, it's back and forth and and there's fire and there's guns and there's people dying. It's awesome. Um, now that people dying are awesome, but people dying in the movie is cool. I I really look forward to it. And <laughs> that's so fucking stupid. I swear to God, I'm not high. I'm actually sober as shit. This is how I am when I'm sober. So then, um, uh, they're in this like cross battle, this gunfight, and uh, finally, you know, uh, the Terminator is about to, even according to Kyle Reese, zero in on her, and he, you know, he he is almost out of bullets with one gun and then he pulls out his Uzi and he just starts firing randomly at like, you know, people he's trying to, you know, just basically kill everybody, anybody who stands in his way. <clears throat> he shoots somebody who's in front of Sarah or in back of Sarah while she's trying to exit. And when he shoots her, she falls down and Sarah is now like trapped in a back prone position. He cocks uh, or sorry, he chambers his clip as he puts in a new one and points forward. And that's where our hero, Kyle Reese, shoots one, two, three, four, like a bunch of shots into him. And then Arnold goes out the window. Did I mention he did his own stunts? But then you see his hand kind of move. And I remember as a kid, I thought this was like the coolest. I was like, oh, that's that's a cool way to show. You know, it's very Michael Myers-esque or if you watch Wrestling Kane or Undertaker where you think they're down and then they just kind of sit up. But he does it in a more realistic way where he doesn't just sit up and look. He actually sits up and, uh, you know, grabs his gun immediately and rolls up. So it's kind of more um, body mechanically correct, I guess you could say. And then, uh, uh, you know, he's going after them. Um, they jump in a car. They drive away. And I, I talked about the stunt earlier. Um, the uh, the Terminator runs after and jumps on the car and punches through the windshield. And then they're they're driving in reverse. And they're driving pretty fast, too. If you actually take a look at it, because it's not sped up here, they do speed up the, one of the chases later. Uh, but they're, they're at least going 25. And he's just hanging on to the car. And finally, he punches through the windshield, tries to grab Sarah, got her by the blouse. Then they do this 90-degree uh, turn, and he goes flying. And then um, from then on in, too, you'll notice that the Terminator has no eyebrows and his hair is shorter. And it's supposed to be because of, I don't know, heat, fire? I don't, I, I, I really don't know. I think there was a scene deleted. Uh, but yeah, his eyebrows are all singed as well as his hair is all like spikier and shit. It makes him look more intimidating, definitely. Um, but anyway, so uh, they try to skate off. He cuts his lights and they're, they're fucking burning rubber down the road. Uh, cop comes up. And uh, checks on him, and he's like, this is 1L19. Da, 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 da. And then uh, Terminator kills him, acquires his car, and of course now can mimic voices. So this is a new power that we're seeing from this machine. He can now hear a voice and just repeat it. So if you listen to this podcast, he's out to kill you, and uh, he sounds like me. Heads up. Head on a swivel, folks. So then uh, there is a high-speed chase ensues. In a parking garage. Now, the filming of this movie is so good. They had what they call, and I didn't know that this is called. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, they're called uh, camera cars. If you don't know where these are, they are like tow trucks with high-powered engines, and they have cameras on them, so that way they could drive and kind of lead you through the set while you shoot out the window or switch places in a vehicle or whatnot. Uh, a lot of 
movies don't do this. Uh, a lot of movies and TV shows, what they'll have is they'll have like a projector playing in the back. So that way it looks like they're driving, even though they're not. They're just staying still. Not in this movie, baby. They threw out all the stops. There is a chase scene in this when he goes, you drive. And the reason why I said that is because in real life, Michael Bean ripped off the goddamn steering column <laughs> while he's shooting his shotgun out the window. And by the way, if you have never shot a shotgun, the kick on a shotgun with one hand while reaching out a window, it's a pretty pretty, uh, pretty awesome thing. And remember, blanks still have the kick because they still have uh, the gunpowder. I don't know if the kick is... I've never shot a blank. I'm going to assume because of the um, starburst, as you say, or the flash... It's probably just as strong, maybe a little bit less, because you don't have the projectile coming out. I don't know, but uh, very impressive. They get a shootout scene back and forth while they're driving through his parking garage. Finally, Sarah's driving, and she I think uh, she's driving like a, a Lincoln at the time. She puts it in reverse, or sorry, in, in brake, and the Terminator hits the wall, and that's when the cops come. I am remiss because I forgot something. Let's rewind a little bit. As the Terminator is looking for them when they're ditching cars and they're switching cars in the uh, parking garage, this scene happens. And I think if I press this button. All right, listen. The Terminator's an infiltration unit. Part man, part machine. Underneath, it's a hyper-alloy combat chassis. Microprocessor controlled. Fully armored. Very tough. But outside, it's living human tissue. Flesh, skin, hair. Blood grown for the cyborgs. Look, Reese, I don't know what you want. Pay attention! I can ditch this car. The 600 series had rubber skin. We spotted them easy. But these are new. They look human. Sweat, bad breath, everything. Very hard to spot. I had to wait till he moved on you before I could zero him. Look, I am not stupid, you know. They cannot make things like that yet. Not yet. Not for about 40 years. Are you saying it's from the future? One possible future. From your point of view, I don't know tech stuff. Then you're from the future too, is that right? Right. Right. Cyborgs don't feel pain. I do. Don't do that again. Just let me go. Listen and understand that Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Yeah, I love that scene because that little clip explains the whole movie. It explains that he's from the future, they're from the future, and basically you can't fuck with this guy. Um, It's funny because whenever my wife, uh, you know, she goes like, um, can you stop it? Or, or, you know, I always go, I don't know, with these weapons, I don't know. Which is kind of funny because when I first saw this movie, I was very young. I was like seven years old, maybe six and a half. Uh, yeah, I know. Kids of the 80s, child of divorce, latchkey kids, as they said. We watch whatever the fuck we want. Um, 
probably fucked me up mentally, but I don't know. I'm a good guy. I'm ethical. I love, you know, not going to hurt anybody. Uh, just like horror movies. Shit. You know, so sue me. Um, when I was a kid, I, I didn't know. She said, can you stop it? Because he's kind of grabbing her after she bites the shit out of his hand. And I'm thinking she's saying, can you stop it? Like, can you knock it off? Like, can you not grab me? And he goes, I don't know. With these weapons, I don't know. It's just it's just a really funny scene. Uh, Terminator zeroes on them, and then another high-speed chase ensues, and that's where they hit the wall. Cops come. They go step out of the Cadillac. They have guns on them, and uh, Reese is about to fight him, and she goes, no, Reese, no, no, they'll kill you. And so finally, uh, he succumbs. Now we cut to a um, an interrogation scene, and Reese spills his beans. Uh, and he's talking to a therapist who we will see later in Terminator 2 that Sarah Connor will stab in the kneecap with a pen. Uh, and uh, he's interviewing him. And and it's basically... Well, first, hold on. Sarah goes, is Reese crazy? Because she doesn't know what to do. She's going through shock. And he goes, well, that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm here to find out. Which really pisses me off because... That guy obviously doesn't give a shit about his job, or maybe they're trying to set up the fact that he got called in last minute, because you got to remember, this is probably around 12 a.m. at this time, maybe even later, and uh, anyway, interview happens, and you see your two detectives, um, including, sorry about this, Lance Hedrickson, so he actually made it in the film after all, even though he's totally disrespected. And he's basically the detective who is very smart and quirky, but doesn't get any respect. And uh, the other detective, uh, the African-American gentleman with the awesome purple tie, uh, loves to smoke cigarettes and drink old coffee. Um, and he's like, shut the fuck up. Every time he opens his mouth, like every time he opens his mouth, the dude never gets, Lance never gets a word in. It's very sad because, you know. Very interesting actor and very fun, but it, it kind of gives like a little bit of humor, a little bit of levity to the movie as we stand now. And then um, the therapist walks in after interviewing him, and there's a great scene where Reese goes like, are you going to let me go? I need to see Sarah. And they're like, no. And uh, uh, he's like, you know, it can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It it." it He's going to come here. Don't you understand? He's going to come in here and he's going to rip her fucking heart out through her throat. Let let go of me. And then they pause it. And, yeah. In technical terminology, he's a loon. So then we cut to uh, him walking out of the police precinct. Um, and as we do that, we have um, the Terminator walking at the exact same time. Now, the Terminator is wearing gargoyle sunglasses. I failed to mention this. Let's rewind a little bit. The Terminator finds a hotel to sneak in through the fire escape and through the window. And this is where he's been keeping his armory, his uh, his stash of weapons, if you will. After that firefight and after that, that collision, uh, he's all fucked up in the face. Again, the effects, awesome. Uh, but this is one of my little cinema sins here. And... And I don't think it's a big one, but it, it's 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 there. Um, so this is uh, Stan Winston again doing effects, and it does look really good. Um, Terminator needs to clean himself up a little bit because he needs to disguise as human, or else he's going to be picked off, right? So uh, 
Stan Winston did a great job of making a prostate. Uh, ooh, excuse me. Uh, oh, shit. I apologize again. That is bad radio, and I really apologize. At least I didn't say anything politically incorrect. So um, they made a really good prosthetic head at its time. And on celluloid, this movie looks great. On I watched this on Amazon Prime. I bought the movie um, and... Uh, and it, it is very telling of the times because the head just doesn't move right. But they had this really good like Ninja Turtles S. Jim Henson kind of um, movement that didn't look human. And uh, anyway, Arnold's left eye is just fucked. You know, it's it's fucked. So he's got to do something about it. Uh, he's not able to see out of it correctly or whatever. And his arm's fucked up too. So. First off, there's a really great right shot, so you only see the Terminator's right shoulder in his in his in his hair. He takes off his leather jacket, and you see him cut off his eyeball, and it's gruesome. And he pulls it out and drops it in the sink. You get a close up of the eyeball hitting the water, and it goes bloop. And uh, then you see his iris moving open and close, and all that other good stuff. And that. That uh, a robot they used for that with the eye, that was one of the most expensive things they used. Remember, I was telling you about uh, all about the eyes in this movie is, is 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 one of the most expensive things, if not like the most expensive thing, whether it be the vision or the eyes or everything else. And then, um, then you see his arm. Now, this is my favorite effect in the movie. He lays down his right arm, and he's got a chunk missing out about I don't know eight inches on his on uh, on the bottom part of his arm where his tendons would be. And you see, like, as he moves his fingers, you see the the pistons and the piano strings or whatever they are, they move around. He takes a pair of articulating pliers and adjusts it because they're they're not moving correctly. And then, um, you know, covers that up. And uh, then he looks in the mirror and he puts on a happening, happening pair of gargoyle sunglasses, which is our second advertisement. We have a happening pair of Nikes and now we have some gargoyles. And if you don't know what gargoyles were, they were like... The Ray Bans before Ray Bans, they were, uh, th- they were like the coolest '80s. Um, I even think the Gaga wore them for a while. But I would really like to get a pair of of gargoyles that are sunglasses that are prescription. Um, I'm gonna actually do that. They were very expensive glasses at the time. I think in the '80s they 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 ran about a hundred bucks. God knows what they run for now. But they're those really cool kind of square. Uh, hip glasses at the time. Any, I digress. Um, but unlike the piano key tie, they actually stayed in vogue. If you were to rock one right now, you get a lot of compliments, put it that way. Uh, they're the ones he wears on the cover of the movie, I believe. I'm pretty sure. So uh, anyway, he fixes himself up and one of the greatest scenes in the movie, and here's another reason why I want to re-record this podcast, is the janitor goes, hey, Roddy, that dead cat in there and something. But when he knocks, he goes. Which is awesome. <laughs> That's like really cool that he does that. And then going back to Bill Paxton. Remember when he goes, your clothes, give them to me now. And he goes, fuck you, asshole. It shows his vision and it goes pro- uh, proper responses. And he decides on, fuck you, asshole. And the guy walks away and then he walks out with like a uh, shit. An armalay? I think it's an armor. 
if it's an armalay, it's like banana clipped armalay. I'm I'm not sure, and it looks like it's cut off. Dude walks out armed to the teeth, basically, and then this black dude sees him and he goes, "Damn!" Which is a very very funny scene. Uh, then Arnold makes his way to the police precinct. That's where we just left off, and he goes, "I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. Is she?" I would like to see her, please. And the guy goes, uh, visiting time is over or whatnot. Or da, da, da. And then Arnold surveys the structural integrity of this office because he just saw the doctor walk out of the security door. And then he checks his pager and Arnold sees him. So Arnold knows that, or sorry, Terminator rather, knows that this door is locked and it's hard to get in. He can't just walk in, right? Um, and again, it's that same thing where eye contact is almost made, but not. This is kind of a reoccurring thing here, at least a couple of times in the movie. And then he goes, you know, I'll be back. And I know. I know it's his catchphrase. But uh, I think Arnold's best catchphrase was, does it suck we need a what? And that's in Alas Action Hero, which was directed by the same director as Predator. But we're not watching that today. Um, so then Arnold decides to drive his truck through. Sorry. Terminator decides to drive his truck through. You know what? I'm just going to fucking call him Arnold for the rest of the goddamn episode. Drives his uh, his car through the the uh, entrance, the office administration registration, if you will, of the police precinct. Uh, uh, sorry, precinct. The the fucking intro. God damn it! I can't even think. Precinct. Thank you. Um, just drives right through there and uh, uh, annihilates the guy with the mustache and the glasses who's writing with a pencil that's not sharp. This has always bothered me every time I see this movie is that pencil needs to be sharpened, dude. I can hear the scratchy scratch and I don't like that. And then Arnold just like goes in and murders people. I'm talking, he walks in and there's like cop, 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 cop. Just like, Death left, right, and sideways. It, it it gets to a ridiculous point of murder, and it's awesome. Now, Sarah is sleeping on the couch because, remember, that couch is very comfortable. The couch is comfortable. And she's sitting there. She hears the gunfire, and uh, uh, the detectives, uh, the African-American gentleman with the purple tie, and... Um, <laughs> Having it always, I don't even know that dude's name. I've seen him in a couple other movies, but his purple tie is just so cool. I, I I don't really don't know what to say. That that's just an awesome purple tie, you know. And then uh, we have Lance, uh, who you know is the other detective who gets shot on through the whole movie. Uh, they they and eighty other cops, according to Terminator Two, because they say eighty cops were in that building and they all died. Uh, they try to stop him. Uh, this does not work. Obviously, the Terminator makes short work of all of them. They treat him like cannon fire. He sh- uh, fodder, rather. Uh, he turns off the power by shorting everything out and then just murders everybody. Uh, then Sarah's hiding under a desk and Kyle Reese gets her out. Now, uh, after this, we see Kyle Reese and her and they're driving and the car runs out of gas. They get some supplies out of the back and uh, it's like a flashlight and a first aid kit and they throw the car off the road. They hide under an underpass and this is where the studio did a really good job of making it look cold, even though it was hot as shit. Uh, they hired in the underpass. She's freezing. She's doing a really good shiver. And uh, they cuddle up next to each other. They start canoodling. Ooh, is this a romance forming? We don't know. And um, then uh, she says, like, you know, like, you're hit. You're bleeding. She administers first aid. You know, she goes, we got to get you to the hospital. And he's like, are you fucking retarded? 
Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that word. I mean, no, you probably actually did think that, but I didn't mean it in the way that you thought it, so I apologize if I pissed you up. Uh, and uh, anyway, um, Jesus Christ. So uh, uh, then he tells her a story about like, you know, uh, not a story, but just talks about like where he's from because she wants to know. And she has like a dream about, you know, basically what happens except for in this dream, Kyle dies. She wakes up. She says, hey, I was dreaming about dogs. And he goes, we use him to spot Terminator. She says, your life is very frightening or your world is very frightening. Then they get out of there and they need a place to bunker up. So uh, they find a place called the Tiki Motel. And uh, Kyle Reese is like, uh, we need to get a room. We need to get a room with a kitchen. And then he pulls out a bunch of money and he goes, this is enough. And she goes, yeah. And I don't know. I don't want to know where you got it. They get a room with the kitchen. And then uh, she goes, I am dying for a shower. And uh, then she takes a shower and he goes, I'm going out for supplies. And then we see a scene of the Terminator now on a red motorcycle. And he's making his way to wherever because he breaks into Big Bear's cabin where Sarah Connor's mom lives. And uh, because he took the address book from when he first broke in and killed Ginger. Oh, I failed to mention that. Yeah. Uh, when the Terminator was looking for Sarah Connor before the nightclub scene, he goes to their address and murders Ginger and her horny boyfriend while she's making a sandwich that looks very delicious. And I'm pretty sure James Cameron ate because he was broke as fuck so this was probably food porn to him he's like oh my god you make a let's write the sandwich in the uh, budget so that way i can eat it off the floor later and uh, he makes short work of the boyfriend and uh is thinking that his job is done thinking that ginger was actually sarah but then uh, uh sarah calls in and and is like i'm at tech noir come save my ass uh, you know there's someone following me and then the terminator's like oh i haven't done my job i'm gonna go to tech noir and uh, yeah, and but he grabs an address book at the last minute and a college ID. That's how he knows she is. I apologize for not addressing this earlier, but I'm basically memorize this goddamn movie and am telling it to you in live form. So sue me. Anyway, where the hell was I? Yes, Big Bear. Uh, so because he has his dress book, he kills the mother, impersonates her voice, calls in, and uh, uh, because she calls in first, and he answers the phone. And imitates her voice. And there's a really creepy scene where he goes, I love you too, sweetheart. And then he calls the Tiki Motel and he goes, give me your address there. And now he's on his way there. And um, then uh, uh, Reese comes back and they make plastique. She goes, what's for dinner? And he goes, plastique. And she goes, that sounds good. And he goes, basically nitroglycerin. Now, how fucking dumb are you? Now, I'm not saying you got to know what plastique is. But if someone walks in with mothballs, do you really think they're going to make you fucking dinner? Obviously not. I I don't I don't think any maybe that's the new Tide Pod challenge. Eat a fucking mothball. Do they even make mothballs anymore? Anyway, this is my new Tide Pod challenge, and if any of you die for listening to this, that's your own dumb fault. Eat a fucking mothball and film yourself and go, yeah, fucking night party podcast. Um so they make about nine sticks, if I'm not mistaken, because I think I counted, but I could be wrong because I was drunk when I saw this. Uh, well, I mean, not every time. I just mean last time. Um, they make about, uh, uh, you know, nine of these things. And, um, you know, it, it, it's it's basically like pipe bombs, you know, if you will. And then um, she starts asking questions, you know, like, you know, was there a girl, you know, because he's sitting there just like watching Century 
out the window waiting for the Terminator to come, if he will come, this and that. And she goes, was there a girl in your life? And he says, no. And she goes, never. And and he's like, never. And and then the music hits and, uh, you know, the piano, boom, 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 boom. And then the doing it happens. Yeah. Here's another error in this movie that I hate. So they start fucking. And we see Lam- Sorry. I apologize for that. They start making the love. And uh, and we see Limo Hamilton's tits. And uh, they're very nice. And they're not big. They're just like, you know, perfect and perky and nice. And this is like, you know, she didn't have a boob job or anything like that. And um, uh, then, uh, yeah, there's a scene, though. It always cuts from her being on top, from them holding hands. Now, if you pay attention to the fingernails, they're not holding hands clasping as if she's on top of him. They're holding hands as if he's on top of her because you see the fingernails are facing the same direction. But yet it cuts back and forth. So I don't know if her hands are broken backwards or what. Now, I got to rewind something a little bit. John Connor is the one who's going to save the universe, this or world or whatnot. This is why that Reese is sent back in the first place, if you didn't know. I mean, I obviously think you've seen this movie, but if you didn't, he basically says, you know, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. You're going to give birth to the one that will smash those motherfuckers into the dirt. That's, I think that's actual quote. And she's like, you know, I can't even balance my fucking checkbook. I don't know. I'm not the mother of the future. And that's when he says good field dressing. This is when he she does first date. See, now I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep this back on rail. Uh, hopefully I can. Um, so in a way, Kyle is, well, not in a way, like Kyle Reese is John Connor's father by being Sarah Connor's lover. And they've only fucked one time so it was immaculate conception so it is kind of messiah if you will and uh you know before they fuck he's like you know you know i i had your picture i i memorized every line every curve you know i die for john connor and i i've loved you sarah i've always have and then he gets up and he throws the plastique in a bag and he goes at that and he does it very aggressively which is hilarious because just two scenes ago he was saying that um you know, be careful, be careful when doing this. Be careful with the threading. Be careful. And now he's just throwing it in. You know what's funny is my Nana pointed it out when I was like a little kid. And I just, it always stuck with me. So, yeah, now we know who the royal family is. Sarah Connor is the mother of the uh, savior of the future. And Kyle Reese was sent back by John Connor. What, what I mean, they kind of say that now. In fact, in the scene where they're in the car, can't be bothered with scene, uh, that, that is where... You know, he basically tells her, hey, you you know, you, this is the reason why he's after you. I just figured you already knew this, but if you didn't, fucking sue me. I apologize. I, I don't, actually. You've probably already seen this movie. I'm just giving you a recap so you could listen to it in your car and relive it in your brain. So now that the Terminator knows where their address is, and give me your address, they, uh, he's on his way up. The dogs start barking. Now, remember I told you, like, we use dog to spot Terminators. That's what he said. Um, they hear the dog barks, and Reese already knows, oh, shit, we got to rumble. We got to get the fuck out of here. So they go into a truck. They run over the Terminator, and uh, now now there's a high-speed chase, you know, and uh, Terminator shooting at them, and they're throwing this plastique. Now they're missing a lot with these, you know, these uh, 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 little improvised bombs and such, and... Uh, you know, 
let me put it this way. Remember I told you Arnold did his own stunts? He did. And uh, when they're throwing these bombs, they have concussions, meaning a boom. So whenever they throw these things, right, they're they're making a big explosion, even if they are fakes or whatnot, and that could deafen the shit out of you. So I'm really surprised that everyone uh, uh, got out of here intact, um, and the reason why is is because of that. Um, Ar- Arnold actually was driving while real life explosions in a tunnel, by the way, where it's like encapsulated. Anyway, so uh, finally, um, you know, this all comes to a head. When uh, uh, the the car flips over because they kind of trap the the bike in there, and then uh, then a truck semi truck comes from uh, back and it nails the Terminator and basically right in the head, and he holds on and it scrapes him up, and he's all fucked up. Fun fact about this truck: earlier on in the movie, uh, you see the Terminator with the station wagon run over the same model of the same truck they used to blow up later. Ha! Bet you didn't know that, because that shit happened. I've noticed that since I was a little kid. It's always bothered me. And the only reason I started this podcast was to point that out to you. So you're welcome. Anyway, so um, yes, the uh, Terminator's all fucked up. And the guy goes, uh, the the truck driver gets out of the car and he's got a partner. And he goes, you wait here. And uh, he's basically going to look on his murder or roadkill, if you will, or just very tragic accident. And then uh, the Terminator kills him. And then he walks over and gets in the cab and he goes, get out. And the guy's like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Now, Terminator's all fucked up now. You can see his eyes all messed up. His face is fucked up. And he's also limping, which is actually a very good plot point because uh, it, it, it kind of gives the heroes a head start here. Um, the car is upside... Or sorry, the car. The truck that Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor are in is upside down. And they need to get the fuck out of there. Kyle Reese is all fucked up. And they only have uh, a two... One and two things of plastic left, and the semi truck starts barreling down. Now piloted by the Terminator to eliminate both of them, uh, they're running their asses off. Kyle throws one of the plastiques into the fuel line. Now, okay, I'm not talking about the fuel line, but if you ever see a semi truck and it's round, that means it's holding a petroleum product. They always have these like little tubes. That's where they actually put the hoses in order to connect the petroleum to the pumps or the. Uh, or, or the little, the the gas wells, and he throws it in there, and boom, it explodes everywhere, and it's awesome, and and there's a lot of fire and shit, and uh, Kyle Reese is hiding in a dumpster, she's hiding uh, back around a corner, and, uh, you know, then then Kyle comes out, and, and he's really fucked up, and she's like, we did it, Kyle, we did it, but no, they didn't, because just like a Frankenstein movie, now we see the exoskeleton of the Terminator, no more Arnold throughout the rest of the movie. And uh, just to short and sweet things up, seeing how we're already almost we're already at an hour and thirty minutes, and this movie's only like an hour and seven or some shit like that. They run uh, and try to escape, and they go to a robotics factory, and they kind of like bunker themselves in. And Kyle Reese is just fucked up at this point. He can barely move. He can barely do anything. And he, uh, uh, you know, they're going to escape. And he turns on a bunch of the robotics machines. You know, basically like, um, you know, oh, by the way. This robotics machine company, even though they don't tell us, actually is Skynet. Ooh. Uh, so, yeah, uh, she turns on all this shit, 
and, or he turns on all the shit, and then he's about to just give up and die. And she goes, no, Reese, get up. On your feet, soldier, on your feet. And then she picks him up, and they try to escape. And there's like kind of this weird kind of sneaky chase scene thing. And uh, you know, finally, he, he, he finds them. The Terminator zeroes in on them, and he goes, run, Sarah. And she goes, no. And he goes, run, and he yells. And then he goes, uh, come on, motherfucker. And he swings with this like um, this piece of pipe that he found when he was just running through. He found he finds this chromium, like it looks like something that belongs on a drum set, but heavier. And he just whacks the shit out of him. And it looks kind of Jason the Argonauts, where like the effects don't really hold up that great on, on uh, 4K. On celluloid, it holds up fantastic, because... Stop animation looks really good if you have anything robotic. Anyway, I digress. Uh, they get in like their little duel, and Kyle Reese uses his last thing of plastique, and he shoves it up the right rib cage of the Terminator, who then blows up, and pieces fly everywhere, including one piece that lodges in the left quad of uh, Sarah. And we think the movie's over, but of course it's a false finish. Uh, now we get the scene from James Cameron's Nightmare, where we have a... He's not holding a butcher knife, but we have the Terminator just coming after her. And now he's not limping. He's got no legs. He's fucked, you know, but like, I mean, he's going to fulfill his, his mission of killing Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor's fucked up, too, though, because she's got a messed up leg. So she kind of leads him through like whatever she can. It's like a game of mousetrap. And finally, she finds a hydraulic press. She goes through there. Terminator's following her. And here's a really cool end scene because she puts down this like safety gate. And but it's rubber, it's not metal. So the Terminator is able to get his hands, but he's like inches away from her face, trying to kill her, you know. And then she reaches with her left hand and 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 is looking. And there's three buttons, and she doesn't know which one it is. And then she finally hits the middle one. And she goes, "You Terminator, fucker!" And the hydraulic press comes down and kills the Terminator. And then we got a lot of static electricity, which probably not static electricity. We got some fucking real electricity. The hydraulic press crushes the Terminator. You see his eyes go dark, and he is dead. Cut two. Now she's pregnant with John Connor, Kyle Reese's son, who's going to save the world. She's getting gas and she's doing her own little podcast. <laughs> uh, and she says, like, you know, these tapes are more for me than you. And, you know, should I tell you who your father is? This and that. And they are. Now, we don't know if she does or not, but apparently later on in the film series, uh, and, and number two, she tells John who Kyle Reese is, and that's the reason to send him back. So I guess that's your answer. But if you want to just keep this movie in a capsule, no, you know, he doesn't know. But then again, he's not even fucking born yet. So I guess she does tell him. She's got a really beautiful German Shepherd, and the doggy looks really happy. And every time I see this movie, I feel bad because the dog is, like, technically dead. And I always think of weird shit like that. And anyway, uh, she gets gas, and uh, some kid takes his picture and uh, says, uh, Senora, um, you know, I really hate to do this, but uh, my father told me if I don't ask you for $5 for this picture, he'll beat me. She says, good hustle, kid. Cuatro, meaning four. And he says, uh, CC. And then she goes, uh, uh, Senora uh, El Torrento. And he goes, he says, the storm is coming. And then she says, I know. They ride off into a sunset. And then we get our credits. Now, there is a name mentioned here. And um, the name actually goes to it goes based on the works by blank and i'm not going to mention his name if you want to watch the movie watch it and here's why they had to legally do this because this is a gentleman who wrote two movies uh or sorry shorts the man was a glass hand and that was in um 
uh, Twilight Zone and also The Soldier, and that was in Outer Limits. This guy claimed that this movie was a ripoff of his works. I don't think so. You decide for yourself. Go watch him because I've seen them both, and I really don't agree. So, oh, wow. We've done a lot. Remember I told you this is going to be more long form? Shit. Anyway, Terminator. Love it. Great movie. Um, like I said, 100% Rotten Tomatoes. How can you argue with that? One of my favorite movies, my top three movies. And uh, shit. You know what? I I think we did it. So uh, just remember to, you know, like and subscribe and all that good shit. If you really like this podcast, please tell a friend. Uh, remember, you can contact me at knifepartypod at yahoo.com. And I'm available on Twitter and on uh, YouTube at Zach Evergreen, C-A-C-H Evergreen. Because I spell my name with an H because it's the correct way to do it. And uh, remember, be kind, rewind. <laughs>